Whoa, there's a package here for you, man. Oh, what is it? Oh, do you reckon it's my... It's not cards. It just doesn't smell right. Uh, maybe my Lush order? Does it smell like soap made out of raisins or pears? <laughs> no, it doesn't smell like expired cream either. Oh, so. Uh, so it's definitely not a face scrub from Lush. No. It does smell a bit oceany. That can't be right. You obviously didn't order any fish. You're a vegan. Oh, unless it's that nori you ordered from Japan. No, that came yesterday. Oh, I'll just open it. Here, give it. I bet it's that kilo of sand you ordered for that photo shoot you're doing. I still don't understand why you need it when it's just a close-up of your face. I need it to get in character for my mermaid role. Ah, there we go. This is junk, Walt. God, God, is that a jellyfish? Yeah, but it died of natural causes and probably climate change, I guess. Why did you order all of this? There's an old boot in, in here. It's a self-assembly product. I have to put it all together. What on earth are you making with a boot, a dead jellyfish, four chestnuts, some brass knuckles, and a jar of marmalade? I'm obviously putting together a lush bath bomb. <laughs> I think the name for that would be like Paddington Bear Homeless at a Beach. <laughs> That's it's got sort the of marmalade, the, naming, yeah. the old boot. <laughs> with the with the lush naming scheme, it would probably be more like Paddington's vibe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like Paddington's day out. Essence <laughs> essence of Paddington. Ode to Paddington. Ode to Paddington. Yeah, that's totally what it would be. <laughs> Welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast, and I can only assume commercial growers of palm trees. I'm your host, Walt. Hello, Commander players. I am the duck that walked up to that lemonade stand, James. <laughs> Sure. And before we get to the transmission, uh, Patreon. We have a Patreon. We haven't talked about it in a little while, um, but it like, helps us a lot. It helps us an extraordinary amount. We've actually just made another purchase from our money that we've earned from Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we've bought a brand new face cam for Walt specifically, um, because Look, Walt's old face cam was, was bad. basically a potato with a hole in it. Um, it wasn't even 1080p. Like It was square aspect ratio. And in fairness, you bought it in lockdown yeah. just so you could call your dad. It that was, was like, like the main reason. It was like $30. It, it weighed about 10 grams from J car yeah something yeah. like that look the reason that James's face cam was shaped the way that it was James's face cam is actually 1080p I was cropping it so that we matched so it's cut actually I'm you lied I was on a laptop so I'm on a MacBook my my webcam is a it's MacBook true. which is famously a shit webcam <laughs> but but you did lie because it's not just an upgrade for me because upgrading the this face cam for for me you has are. actually upgraded yours to the full aspect ratio <laughs> that it has an offer for it so we're look, also if, streaming in the same room um, ah that's true oh, I mean, wait, to, when this episode comes out you. we will have streamed yes. in the same room so you've and didn't we it. look great <laughs> didn't we look awesome you've already seen it but it actually just got set up today for us in real time yeah. so thank you for that and thanks to our patrons so patreon.com slash get commanded podcast yeah. uh, you can also join the cohort and support the amazing stuff that we do yeah and I just wanted to say without the patrons Walt and I would probably probably have maybe stopped doing this genuinely. I think yeah. it's, it's been such a good motivator for us. And as a general update for all of you lovely 
listeners out there, we do have a bit of like official business stuff to let you guys mm. in on just because I want to. Yeah. Walt and I are official business partners now. Yeah. We have our own ABN for the Get Commanded podcast. Yep. We're working with a ton of companies now. Like, I, I'm not promising anything, but I was DMing with Infinity Tokens the other day. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty cool. Insanity. I was also DMing with Masks Wolf, the rapper from Sydney. Who apparently plays magic. That's news to us as well. Unbelievably <laughs> cool. So, yeah. like, Walt and I are, like, genuinely real operating business owners, I yeah. guess, now. And it, it is so down to the fact that you guys out there are listening yep. and supporting the content. And if you want to support us, Patreon is genuinely the best way of doing it. So, yep. yeah, patreon.com slash commanded. Thank you guys so, so much. It makes a huge difference, for sure. But we do have an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. member of our cohort states, in the pursuit of power, commander players frequently leave behind the crucial ingredients of flavor and fun. Players would be better served by deck building outside the box. New member of the cohort. Mm. This must be Wizard Down Under, yeah, I assume. I reckon this is uh, from one of the other space commanders who does not appear on the mic, thankfully for our levels of terror. Um, we're scared enough of that guy. I don't um, want to invite anyone else in this no. room. <laughs> Nervous enough sitting here with you. <laughs> the other one is also like extra strange, so it freaks us out. Um, yeah, it's coming from to us from Patreon, by the way. Yeah, um, what a good time to shout Patreon out. Yeah. It's like we always planned that, didn't uh, we? It's almost like it's that. L- almost. We, I mean, we it's just heard like this command now. <laughs> is this um, bit getting old yet? <laughs> look, we're downpowering again is the gist that I'm getting from this. They're this t- is awesome. Considering we went from like a good two-week stint of nothing but CDH, I'm yeah. really glad to be back in the realm of like playing Commander for flavor, fun, and casual weirdness. That's yeah. like my... That's where I learned to love Commander, how I got into CDH, but yep. it's good to be back home. Yeah, it's our home turf and it's where we would like to hang out. So, yes, we're once again moving away from the objectively right choices in deck building, and that's what we're talking about, we assume, yeah. when the Space Commander say, pursuit of power. Um, I think first, so they, they, they want us to move towards flavor and fun, so that'll be the focus of the, the episode. Yep. I think we need to focus on actually that pursuit of power first so we know what we're kind of getting away from. Yeah, so if you see, if, if you're deck building and you think, or if you see the things we're about to talk about, maybe you're moving down the pursuit of power road yes. and you should select reverse, come back and take the fork in the road where the cowed merchant that does the thrifty <laughs> interlude is standing and saying, go down this road. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. There's spines. Yes, um, that is where you should go. <laughs> Sure, <laughs> According sp- to the cow merchants, spines are good. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm not sure whether he means spines of plants or spines of people, but you I know, guess we're about to drive down that road. Let's find let's out find together out what kind of spines they are. So the objectively right way of building. Yes. This is like this is the thing of 
that you hear this is objectively correct to include this in your deck. And when yes. we're talking about CDH, yeah, obviously the objectively right way of doing things is what we're looking for. Yeah, we're talking about power. Yeah. We're talking about, um, you know, efficiency. Like these words that get bandied about are the ones that are pushing us towards power. And like, don't get us wrong. If you're looking for consistency in your deck, this is where you should go. And there's like, you know, phrases that you hear a lot of commander players say. Like just recently, there was a card from Murders at Markov Manor. Mm. I'm struggling to remember the name now but it basically does exactly what thrill of possibility does but you can instead of discarding a card you can sacrifice an artifact exactly yeah this so, is pauper legal people are talking about support pauper as well yeah i mean like that's just objectively better to include in your deck right because then thrill it, of possibility yeah absolutely yeah, because it gives you two options you mm. choose the one that's best for you now and if you yeah. top deck thrill of possibility with no cards in hand it's a bad card. Yeah. If you top deck this new one from Markov Manor, and you've got a blood token or a treasure or, or even, anything, even a um a, like an ancient den, yeah, an sacrifice artifact that. Land. Like, yeah, yeah, that's so good. Like, totally. That it's when you hear these conversations about people being like, "Oh, it's isn't it just objectively better to put this in your deck?" Mm. That is what the pursuit of power looks like. It's yeah. that's like you're trying to make your deck as most efficient, as most good, as most good. My English bad. <laughs> that's impossible. That's <laughs> <laughs> but you're trying to make your deck as objectively correct as it can be. And totally that's not what we're looking for. No, and I think there's a specific website that we're going to have to avoid uh, for the purposes of this, <laughs> which is EDH Rec. Um, unfortunately, well, look, it's a good thing that mostly people build good decks because otherwise EDH Rec would be useless. Yeah, EDH Rec <laughs> basically functions on the assumption that people out there build good decks. You could actually break EDH Rec if you wanted to by creating billions of decks that are just random assortment of cards <laughs> and terrible and it would ruin the algorithm totally of how would. EDH Rec works. By the way, don't do that. No. We love the guys at EDH Rec. We do like EDH Rec a lot. It's very, very useful. But, of course, Yes, the things that most people are doing are probably the powerful yeah. and synergistic things. So if we're moving away from it, we're probably best to avoid EDH rec. I think just in general, like most online lists are built pretty optimally. Yeah, I mean, this is where EDH rec is pulling from, yeah. right? Yeah. Like all those deck building websites like Tapped Out, Moxfield, Architect. Yeah. All of these websites, anyone that builds on there, EDH rec pulls their data from and, mm. you know, puts it in as like, these are the most high played cards with this commander. Yeah. Um, I think when you're like saying, okay, don't go to EDH rec, you also kind of have to say, just don't go to online lists as well. <laughs> you have to kind of also be like, all right, steering away from people's builds already. Yeah. Because yeah, what we're looking for here, in my opinion, when we, when I heard the space commanders say, this is what you don't want to do mm. is we're looking for uniqueness. Well, we're going outside the box, yeah. right? That's what they talked about. Yeah. Yes. So there's obviously going to be cards that appear often on EDH Rec, that appear often, as you say, on those online lists mm. that I think we need to avoid. And they're, the, they're staples, basically. It's our Rhystic Studies, yep. our Smothering Tides, yep. our Swords to Plowshares, even Soul Ring, Demonic Tudor. Like, the cards that we see all the time, we see because they work in most decks and yeah. so are good in most decks. But also, if we're chasing, yeah, you know, more uniqueness, more flavor, more fun, we're going to need to move away from well, those. Like when was the last time you went on to a blue, like a commander that has blue in their color identities EDH rec page mm. and not seen Counterspell or Rhystic Study? 
It's rare. It's rare. It's, it's very really rare. rare. It's they're, they're, they're staples for a reason, yeah. right? Like they make most of the decks that you put them in stronger, um, which is why they appear so often in EDH rec because people are going, this card's sick. I want to put it in my deck. But yes, they are going to move us away from the unique side of the of the power level scale. For sure. Um, I also think I'm going to sort of out myself here again, maybe like the sixth time. If you're a tinkerer like me. <laughs> this is Our podcast is slowly becoming why tinkerers are actually really bad for our format. <laughs> Which is so terrible for me as an endorsement of me because it's like Walt is a silly goose. Um, but yes, tinkering naturally, as I've said before, does tend to bring about a more powerful, a more consistent way of playing your deck. Which is great if that's what you're looking for. Because you're looking for upgrades when you tinker. Right? You That's are. what you were looking for. But I think most of the time when we're looking for upgrades, we tend to look at the cards that are more flavorful and more fun, but less powerful and less synergistic. And those are the cards we cut mm. in that process as we're yeah. putting the new cards in. The new, you know, like those Thriller Possibility Strictly Better yeah. versions, we're going to cut the Thriller Possibility for that. And, and we do a similar process just when we tinker, I think. Yeah, I think that I've seen you do this a lot where you've had this like really big battle with it, like an internal conflict. Of, oh, I don't want to take out this silly flavorful card, mm. but it is the right thing to do to yeah. put this spell in. I'm like, just leave the weird goblin game in your deck. Just yeah. like you it's could- weird, wacky, play it. It's it's kind of the 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 spirit of the deck. And sometimes you cut the cards that are the reason you built the deck in the first place, and that's a really sad time. Yeah. Um, I think I'm also going to say, though, that this is a great episode for those kind of tinkerers and, and general kind of optimizers of their lists because I think you can optimize your deck for flavor and for fun and not necessarily optimize for power in that process. Yeah, I think this is the really interesting thing, especially after we've just done a CDH tournament on our Twitch stream yeah. and maybe have a few new listeners who predominantly play CDH. Mm. If you're struggling to get into casual... This is like the switch in your brain that you switch from playing to win to playing for this weird, fun experience that we call Commander. And yeah. that's sometimes that having that switch in your brain is such like a enlightenment. It's like you've reached a new level of ascension yeah. to your almighty being. It's like, oh my God, I don't have to win. Yeah. I can actually I can try and win, and winning is fun. Yeah. But like I can play this weird card yeah. that I've always thought is good. <laughs> yeah, but that you've never found that, you know, that deck for because you've always been building yeah. for, for power. Look, it's just like a different hat you can put on and not everyone's going to enjoy the casual player's hat when no. they put it on. But if you have that hat that you can occasionally put on, it's just going to allow you to have more diverse commander experiences, right? Like This hat is definitely a jester's hat. It's for, rep, for, for, for complete transparency, <laughs> if a CDH player's hat is like a Peaky Blinders hat with a razor blade uh, hidden in the cap, interesting. This my, is like a jester's hat. My thinking for a CDH player's hat was like a cowboy hat. Oh, like like gunslinger. You know? a, this town ain't big enough for the four of us. <laughs> One of us is gonna have to be the last person standing at this table. Yeah, it's, he's putting on the uh, the uh, what's it called the metal plate and uh, walking out in. That's uh, like full Ned Kelly. Yeah, big time. I love that. Ned, right. Ned Kelly, this. Famously, CDH player. Yeah. Um, Australian legend. <laughs> very big on Simic. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, with all of that in mind, so there's obviously the things we're moving away from. We should move towards the things that the space commanders were telling us about. Um, the two words they used were flavor and fun. That's the ones we kept coming back to when yeah. we were talking about this as well. Straight up. I think we should just start with flavor. Sure. So we're optimizing our deck for flavor. I think the first thing we should look at is the commander. 
of the deck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's usually the first thing you pick when you're building a commander deck, right? Mm. Unless unless you have this, like, weird, I want to build a specific type of deck. Yeah. That, and then, like, you find the commander for it. Mm. But typically, a lot of us build commanders by finding a legendary creature or a planeswalker that says it can be your commander. Or a vehicle that says it can be your commander. Yeah. Or a background. <laughs> or commander's complicated now. Yeah. <laughs> but we usually look at a card and we're like, I like that card. For mm. whatever reason, whether it's mechanic is good or... The flavor is good, yeah. right? Sometimes you'll look at a card like, you know, even stuff that I've built in the past. I'm like, oh, Scorpion God. I love the flavor of this Scorpion poisoning mm, other creatures. Like, it's yeah. a Neg One Counters deck. I love the flavor of this, like, slowly you get weaker because the stor- Scorpion sting, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. I think this is a really common thing that draws us towards commanders. As you say, like, there there will be gameplay things that attract us to commanders. You know, sometimes you just look at a commander and go, that looks really interesting and weird. I'm, I'm drawn to that. But mm. I know so many people who have picked a particular character and, you know, it's... Maybe it's their taste of Karlov or, you know, like there are people at our game store that have an unhealthy obsession with taste of Karlov. <laughs> and if you're listening, very disappointed now, by I am straight up calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like it's a, it's definitely it's part of the thing that can draw you towards a particular commander. For sure. And, you know, the commander is at the helm of the deck. It's the card we always get access to. It's going to form a really key part of the, the feeling of playing a deck mm. is going to be what does this commander do? What does it look like? What is, what is its, its character's purpose? opinions and yeah. and like what are their values? What do they value as a character? I think we can look like at just one set to see this, and I'm gonna take us back as we often do on this podcast to Throne of Eldraine. Ah, <laughs> uh, that period of Magic's history where it was basically the Wild West. It was the it was the storm before the storm that was COVID. Um, <laughs> It's I, like immediately pre-COVID. Isn't it was it, immediately of pre-COVID, like a, like a month before. If anything, Throne of Eldraine was a warning for what is to come <laughs> for <laughs> the world. If we could travel back in time, that yeah. would be the thing. That's I what warn we would warn about. people for sure. <laughs> but like, um, I want to shout out. I, I have a funny feeling that the space commander who requested this episode is going to like this. Wizard down under. Wizard down under. Yeah. Uh, Wizard down under has a Corvold Faycursed King deck. Yeah, we played against this. We played in against our Patreon this. game. We also challenged this. We shouted yeah. this out on the podcast as like. Imagine if someone built a Corvold deck that was actually based around the fact that Corvold is fa- is cursed to eat all the time, and so you just eat food. And Wizard Down Under was like, sounds good. Challenge Here, accepted. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and we've played against it, and it's really, really fun. It was the first time I've sat down against a Corvold deck and smiled for the whole game. Yeah. Like, I genuinely... Like, Wizard Down Under, this is, this is your moment on the podcast. You yeah. requested this episode to the Space Commander cohort. Yeah. They they got it through. You're part of their team now. But this weird challenge that we made uh, to our listeners to make this deck work and make it fun, yeah. you nailed. We, uh, 100%. We'll link it in the in the show notes yeah. so you can go have a look. You will not see another Corvold like, list like this online no. purely because I assume Nick didn't use EDH Rec <laughs> when he was building this. I think you'd have to avoid it, to be honest, just to not do dockside things that everybody else is doing in Treasure Corvold. Storm. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, this is what the card was designed for, like, right? Yeah. Like, 
like Throne of Eldraine was the food set. Did, yeah. I don't think food existed. No, food was the mechanic highlight of that set. Yeah. yeah. There was it was food and and adventure, right? Adventure they were like spells, the sort of yeah. key like things that it was built around. And yeah, Corvold is clearly, you can see in the art, he has been cursed to eat. That's his most his... recent card is it calls him a glutton or something? I think it's Corvold oh, yeah. gluttonous something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it functions similarly mechanically, not as busted. But yeah, they definitely nerfed him a little bit. It does a similar <laughs> thing, but you know, that's what he was designed for. And like in a similar way, we could look at um Carlin for Tulane for those who like to butcher pronunciation. Um it's such a weird thing to add about somebody. Um But it's weirdly <laughs> commonly spoken about about that character, Cullen is, is Cullen. like Anyway. Um, he's the teller of tales, right? He was built for adventures. That's the whole thing. He's telling the story of people going on adventures. And that's why he triggers when you cast uh, creature spells, but also why he bounces creatures back to your hand. Yeah, the- so you can recast them again. Yeah, the yeah. gameplay loop here is go- a creature goes on an adventure. You cast it from exile, trigger Cullen, draw a card, drop a land. It comes in. And then if you want the adventure back, you bounce him back to your hand. Well... Yes. I have a brew idea. Uh-huh. I have a brew. Uh, straight up, this is not in our script. This is okay. me thinking of this on the fly. Sure. Listeners out there, I challenge you. Build oh. a Holland deck that's about adventuring into the dungeon using the party oh. mechanic from D&D or using the adventure spells. Go brew, my beautiful little children. That, Go brew. I think that's just wide enough. Like, I think if you just went adventures, you would eventually scrape the barrel and end up with some bad adventure cards. But I think yeah. if you looked at all of the adventure like the into the dungeon mechanics. stuff, the party stuff and the um, adventure stuff, there would be enough good cards. I think this is feasible. You heard it, listeners. <laughs> Wizard Down Under, new challenge for you. Yeah. Holland, but built as an adventuring deck. Go Ooh, tell some stories. I like that. That's very cool. But, you know, th- this is what the card's implying in the aesthetic, right? He's yeah. he's holding a book. He's telling a story. And he's almost like bringing people in to retell their story, right? Yeah. Like he's like, you know, bouncing a creature back to hand so they can do it again and he's like go on a new adventure. Again. Yeah. You know, he's like, no, uh, hold on. Uh, someone's like, hey, hey, Colin, tell that one about the bone crusher giant again and he's like god damn it all right i'll pay two mana and turn sideways and yeah. do it again yeah, do it i'll again. deal two damage to this creature and here's a five six or whatever the power toughness on that card straight was. up <laughs> something like that um and i want to talk about one more throne of eldraine card and this is the one that i have built in a vorthos way which mm-hmm. is sir Gwyn, hero of ashvale oh uh, yeah i totally forgot she was actually part of throne of eldraine <laughs> there's like a cycle of three color like uh, throne of eldraine legends yeah. there's one more that i'm forgetting at the moment but anyway yes so Gwyn um, cares about knights and equipment, but a lot of people just build it as like a... Voltron. Voltron. You know, yeah. put all the swords on Sir Gwyn. They equip for free. This is so good. She's got vigilance and menace. Like, I'm going to attack and kill people so quickly. And I was like, that's cool. But she gives you cards for every knight that's equipped that attacks. Yeah. Like, obviously, you want to go wide. And I think that's the key about, like, finding commanders that are... that are so easy to build by breaking them. Mm. I think a lot of... And this this is the thing about using the internet, is you go online and you see a spoiler of a new card mm. and people are trying to break it. Yeah. And very rarely do people... I think there's a few people that do this, but not enough, in my opinion. Mm. Look at the card and go, wow, I love the flavor of Seguin leading the charge of a bunch of different knights. Mm. Everyone's like, holy hell, you can equip all the Sword of Feast and Famine, Fire yeah. and Ice and Light and Shadow for free yeah. and kill your opponent super quickly. Yeah. Like, look, I get the appeal. You know, I think as as people who engage in the mechanics of 
of magic and especially of commander, it's natural to look at a card and go like, how do you break this? You know, like what's, yeah. what's my in here? What's my strategy? But I think you can, in, there's like lots more you can discover about magic and about the essence of a creature type and a feeling of a color identity when you focus on the vibe that a commander yeah. brings. So yeah, like my Seguin deck, um, for those who don't know, is all about battle and chivalry and, yeah. you know, taking like the card Valorous Stance is in there. But and- like you've built every part of this deck around that like even your lands you chose yeah. specific lands that, that had like, like castles in the art yeah like cast like, Vale's in there yeah and- castle Vale is totally in there there's like i mean the, the obvious one is tournament grounds which is like that's actually a knight yeah anyway. that's a knight type will <laughs> include but i actually weirdly chased down the kaladesh basics for this deck just because for whatever reason the basics in kaladesh have these like big especially the planes have like these sort of vast fantasy lands landscapes and castles and oh, sure. towns and stuff and it sort of feels like a place that a knight would hang out more knighty yeah, yeah. W- weirdly the throne of eldraine ones have like these amazing landscapes but throne of eldraine is also like a, a very fantasy oriented set mm. and i wanted the the seguin deck to feel more like it was rooted in kind of Battle you know just like yeah like old, old school fashioned knights middle you know uh middle age that's not the right word yeah middle like middle no. yeah or well, like you're not medieval. talking about medieval, oh God, not middle, <laughs> <laughs> medieval times, you yeah. know, like that kind of look and, and aesthetic. Um, you even found like a disenchant that had like a knight's gauntlet on it. Yeah, like you're like that was a great. Find. I need I need removal. There's no knight removal, <laughs> but there's this one weird printing <laughs> where there's a disenchant where there's a knight's gauntlet in it. I'm using that. I own like six different copies of disenchant because it's been printed so many times that there is a different vibe disenchant for every possible thing. Like my goth girl <laughs> aesthetic Electra themed deck Electra's my partner has a disenchant that's like a hot girl <laughs> in it like just because why not it was actually it's actually Electra just in the art yes yeah, <laughs> it could be honestly <laughs> um I guess we, we, I hope we're like spreading the infectious joy of this but the reason that we're endorsing building for flavor is that it's fun yeah um, it, it's gonna result obviously in a less powerful deck but it's got a more flavorful experience that captures you know the essence of a part of magic story or a, yeah. a, a plane of magic's existence or just like a theme of the fantasy that we see within magic or even like part of your personality totally. like I think this is something that like brewing around something that you enjoy doing in Commander. Like, Mm. you know, we've had... Uh, like people at our game store love this kind of like I have big powerful stompy creatures Mm, vibe yeah build decks that like like for example Brian Stoutarm was a commander Mm. that that player at our local game store was like I want to build this commander because it throws big creatures so all I'm going to do is play big weird dumb creatures but throw them at you instead of playing with their synergies or anything like that that's just like a fun way to go about it and you know, we've giggled more in this first half of this episode <laughs> than most recent episodes yeah. when we're talking about CDH or power. Yeah. It's because that's what it does. It's yeah. fun. It makes you like really appreciate that this is more than just a game. Mm. There's philosophy behind it. There's story. There's yeah. lore. It's really wonderful. And I think Commander as a format captures this so much better or like it's a, su- such a better vessel for this than any other format because 
it's casual. Yep. So you don't have to have the most powerful deck to compete in a tournament or, or you know, play it at Friday Night Magic. You can just rock up with a commander yeah. deck. Sideline, if you lose a game of commander, it doesn't matter. No, straight up. Yep. But also, it's singleton. So, like, this mm. is the thing. You could build a deck like this for modern or for standard or something. It would be bad and you'd probably lose a lot. <laughs> but also, the thing that would happen is you'd kind of tell the same story through the cards every time. Commander being singleton means you can capture these kind of yeah. esoteric, like, episodic stories within magic and collectively tell a narrative you know yep. the the laying out of the cards that you play in each deck and this is also why um, I've talked about playing less tutors like results in a different narrative that the game becomes around for sure like I can see a world where you play five games with your Seguin deck but the hero of the story is different every time because yeah. there's a particular knight that did a particular thing that was really good in that particular pod yeah. the next pod completely different thing like mm. you could have the the hero this time be someone from Eldraine and then yeah. the next time it's someone from the conspiracy block or maybe like, it's Mirren Crusader who has protection from green and, and there's, a know, there's a mono green player it's really relevant and Mirren Crusader is like oh I've been training for this you know <laughs> I'm ready to battle Iula and the bears yeah. <laughs> bears I've killed so many of those um, yeah it, 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 it's, it's such a great way to capture this kind of feeling that magic always brings but it's like such a, a great avenue to channel that creativity down yeah for sure now look i'm gonna ask you this question because you're the master of this <laughs> as someone that like generally just has a huge database of cards in his head mm. i can kind of find cards in my own memory yeah but i know that a lot of listeners out there especially new players mm. would have no idea where to start yeah there is a freaking awesome website that we've probably never mentioned on this podcast before <laughs> called scryfall scryfall walt is the king of this <laughs> i want to know specifically like for example for your seguin deck mm. how did you find all of the cards with the artwork specifically and the flavor and that kind of stuff because like mm. there are i know there's ways how do you do it well it's interesting the way i went about it was a very inefficient way which was by just like looking through a lot of printings of cards and kind of just like just like scrolling mindlessly through Scryfall. I found way better ways of doing this now. So I am good at it. I've gotten a lot better <laughs> since, since building, building that, that deck. deck. Yeah. Um, I want to shout out a couple of aspects that that you can use on Scryfall. Um, I'm going to talk about the keywords you can put in because I'm just a geek for keywords. But all of these you can use with the advanced search feature. Mm -hmm. You don't have to learn any syntax if you do it this way. You just type things into a box and combine them together and it does the same end result. So if I you'd rather do advanced search, just do that. I think like a couple of months ago, I was really trying because I wanted to impress Walt, but <laughs> I just still use advanced search. It's totally serviceable. <laughs> and I used it for like literal years before yeah. I started using um, syntax. But there's a couple of things you can do. So so the first one I want to shout out is flavor text. So mm -hmm. I've talked before about um, searching oracle text. And this is great for finding cards that say landfall on yeah. them or have an ETB or something. And that's O colon. Yes, o colon then the draw. thing you're searching for. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're looking work for, for that. Um, flavor text, you type in FT or the word flavor colon and then a word and it will search specifically the flavor text of a card for any time that that word appears in the flavor text. That's insane. So if I wanted to build like a Chandra deck using the Chandra Origins card, mm. I could just go FT Chandra and it will show me every Chandra card totally. or every time Chandra was referenced in the flavor text of a card. You could and I'm going to, in a sec I'll talk about another way you could search for Chandra um, which is maybe works even better. But yes, okay. that's one way you could search the flavor text because sometimes Chandra might not be, you know, 
on the card in some way, but she's mentioned, so that's what you would search for. Sure. Obviously, this is going to work better when you're combining it with a different kind of search. So if you're already searching for something with an enter the battlefield effect, and then you add the flavor text of Chandra, you're going to find things that have an ETB and Chandra. That's so going to be a better way to find cards for your deck specifically. It'll then probably pull up some elemental that enters the battlefield and does yeah. four damage, but the flavor text is like, Chandra's cat shat on this snake and killed it. <laughs> We, yeah, we I all know the card. I don't work in R&D. Don't we know which me. card James is talking about. You don't have to mention in the comments. It was a big fiery poo. Yeah. That's the name of the card. That's the name of the card. Big fiery poo. Big fiery poo. <laughs> um, is there an H on the end of poo? Like poo bear? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know why you sometimes use H and you sometimes don't. Listeners out there, why do you sometimes <laughs> use H? And you sometimes don't. Um, that's what I want to learn from making this episode. That's we the whole reason I made it. Scryfall. Scryfall. <laughs> um, searching flavor text. Obviously, it's going to work better when you combine it with something that you're already searching for for your deck. I want to shout out another keyword here. Mm-hmm. Function. I heard of this one. Yeah. You've mentioned this before. So these are actually tags that um, people who use Scryfall have applied to a card, but they're very, very well done and they appear very, very consistently. I think there's a pretty big community that does this. Like, Absolutely. A lot of as the Scryfall new- people do yeah. it themselves. And- as new sets come out, people are tagging the cards like this. So for instance, you can do function removal. And it will show you every card that has a function of remove, destroying something, exiling something, doing a board wipe. Bouncing. Bouncing something. Yep. Anything that you would remotely consider removal, it will appear there. You can do function draw. This will do anything that draws a card. Oh man, I've been, I've been using Oracle Draw for the longest Which time. will capture most of it, yeah. but sometimes misses. And this will never miss doing yeah. function draw. It's a really, really great one. Um so yeah, you could search for a card that draws you cards, for instance, by doing function draw. And let's say you were building that food deck, but mm-hmm. you didn't only want cards that created food because you could go Oracle food, for instance, that would sure. do that. You wanted cards that had food in the art. And this is what <laughs> I was talking about before with Chandra. There's another t- uh, little bit of syntax you can do, which is art colon thing no people have tagged whenever something appears in the frame of a card but not anywhere else so for instance like chandra people almost every card that has chandra anywhere in the art if you go art colon chandra it will appear in that scryfall search that's amazing the tag actually are so extensive i'm kind of terrified that this will get even more advanced because you know how AI is now starting to be used to like recognize images and Mm. like point out that like I sent you I sent sent Walt this is side funny tangent I sent (laughs) Walt a screen recording from my phone the other day with a voiceover of a photo of a butterfly that I took on one of my plants Mm. in the garden oh this is cool and on my phone this is a feature on all iPhones by the way it's just in the photos app you can like tap the butterfly Mm -hmm. and it will tell you what species the butterfly is because it's analyzed the colors and the wings and the shape of it and everything and it will bring up information about that butterfly and that's all done by ai i said this to james i said two (laughs) things about this one i said finally a use for ai that doesn't take my job um (laughs) doesn't scare the shit out of me and i also said this is the one and only time i've legitimately wanted an iphone (laughs) 
as a wanker who always buys um, Android anti Apple products. Yeah, essentially, yeah. it's just anti Apple. Built don't, my own PC. Don't start it like, oh, I much prefer the no, Android. It's I'm an anti Apple. I'm an yeah. Apple hater. Yeah. I'll own that 100. <laughs> percent um, No, it's very very cool, it and AI would make this stronger. unbelievable. But, Imagine if Scryfall did this. Well, I don't know that Scryfall needs to do this because do you want to hear uh, just the tags that you can search for for art? Because there's a list of them. I'm linking them in the show notes. Sure. Uh, just for the letter A before AF. So uh, sure. every different iteration of thing you can search for in the with, art. With, that starts with A. and But only up to AF. So sure. anything before that. Go on. We have AAA, Aracocra, Abaddon, Abandoned, Abbey, Abdel Adrian, Abduction, Abia Toral, Abia oh, Toral Faction Symbol, Abian, Abeleth, Abishan, Abraham Van Helsing, Abs. That's really abs like the abs that you have on your chest. Abseiling, Absolute <laughs> Territory, Abstract, Abstract Background, Abstract <laughs> Elemental, Abuelo, Abzan, Abzan House, Abzan Houses, Abzan okay, Symbol, magic things. Academic Cap, Ac Ac Academy, Accident, Accordion, Ace. That's the no. character Ace from Doctor Who, by the way. Aserac, <laughs> Acid, Acid breath, aclazots, acne, acorn, uh, a cornelia, a acrobat, acrylic gold, acrylic paint, somehow. Acrylic paint? Adamaro. Aiden. card has acrylic paint? Adanto location, Adaka, Adeline, Adeliz, Adeptus Custodes. I don't even know what that is. Adept Adeptus Mechanicus. I don't know what that is either. Adeptus Mechanicus symbol, Adeptus Ministrorum, Adeptus Sonorita. This is just Latin now. Adeptus Sororitas, Adrian Adanto of Luigio, whoever <laughs> the fuck that is. Adriana Valore, Adric Adrix, Aiden Oakenshield, Advisor, Adji, sure. Agar, Aegis, Aegis Fang, Aglos, Aerial Perspective. Aerial Aerial perspective. Aerial view. Arona. Aeroplane. AC. Aether. Aether. Aetherborn. Aetherborn. Vampire. Aetherflux Reservoir. Aether Pipe. Aether Spire. And Ave. Christ. What on earth was that? Those are just the things that are tagged using the letter A before we get to A. Just for the. Freaking artwork! What the hell? <laughs> I, I actually like moved back in my chair. Then that was people are uh, committed to tagging every card that comes out. There anyway, are people with not a lot to do clearly <laughs> on a Friday night. I'm so curious. If you are one of the people that helps Scryfall tag these things, yeah, tell us how. Tell me what you do for yeah. like your job or like what you do on the weekends, because that seems like an insane <laughs> amount of time. That was just A E. That was that all was the way up, up to A E. Yep. Crazy. But look, like, if you've ever wanted to build a deck that captures a particular flavor, you can do it. <laughs> I want to tell you, if you want to build your Ave deck, there's some Ave cards there's, out there for you. Well, there's always that joke about someone building, like, a hat tiple deck where every artwork includes 100% you can, could build a hat tiple deck. Can you quickly jump on Scryfall yep. and do We're going to do art, art hat. And we're going to, uh, just for, to be... This is live reaction, clear, by the way. We will go for how many... Only the cards legal in Commander. Sure. Uh, there are 2,002. 273 no cards way. where the illustration contains hat and it's legal in commander oh my god the first one that comes up is abandon the post and it's like a flashback up to two target creatures can't block this turn so that's like great for combat tricks it's got yep. flashback but yes there is indeed a man wearing a hat 
Like, the, and then, like, if I just sort this by EDH rack, it'll just bring me, like, the, the best cards that are yeah. most played as well. The thing it but does it will only show me the ones with people in hats. Only people in hats. The thing it does really well as well is it'll show you different printings of a card. So sometimes there might be, like, you know, four copies of Rhystic Study that don't have a hat in the art, but one that does, it will show you that printing of Rhystic Study. Very, very cool. Ridiculous. Obviously, as I said earlier, when we were searching for flavor, you can combine this with other tags to find things for your deck. Sure. So give us like a few examples. So like- I want to uh, shout out, this is just for, I'm mostly flexing. Um, <laughs> a search that I could do if I was searching for cards for my Sir Gwyn deck. Yep. So I would do uh, F colon EDH. So only cards that are legal in the format EDH. Sure. Uh, CI, Commander Identity, colon RWB. Mardu. Yep, Mardu Colors. Uh, I always chuck on a USD less than four. Cheapskate. <laughs> I don't like expensive cards. <laughs> yep. Function, colon, draw. So, so we're looking for, looking for card draw. Sure. And then we can do like a bracketed thing here and we can use the or um, functionality. So if you put something in brackets and put ors between them, it searches for a bunch of things with different variables. That's something new I've been trying to figure out how to do. Thank you mm. for teaching me that. So our bracketed search to end this one off to find the cards that fit the flavor of the Sir Gwyn deck is going to be art colon knight, art colon, sorry, or art colon battle, or art colon sword, or art colon lance, or art colon formation. Formation was one of them. I don't know. I was just like okay. spitballing. I was like, what? Well, what there's what a bunch of people standing in a, in a line. They that, can draw that could, cards. You know, like yeah. uh, assemble, uh, the, assemble legion. the legion. That's that would f- sort of have a knight feel to it, even yep. though it doesn't have knights necessarily in the art. So this is going to give us every card that is legal in commander, in our commander's color identity, cost less than four US dollars, can draw cards, and features a knight, battle sword, lance, or formation in the art. That's a bloody amazing search for the vibe of my commander. And a deck. <laughs> and, and that's also doing stuff like, so if you were in Mardu and you wanted to draw cards, mm. I would be throwing cards in like, you know, if I was on EDH rec, I'd be looking, oh, Phyrexian Arena, that draws me an additional card mm. each turn. Necropotence is a powerful card. Yeah. But that, none of those fit the flavor of knights, battles or anything like that. It's funny you should say that because I plugged in this search and then sorted by EDH rec just to see what like the top cards were that fit the vibe. Sure. The the like really old, I think it's the original printing of Phyrexian Arena is famously, um, it's Urza and Mishra, I think, fighting in the Phyrexian Arena. No. There's a sword in the art because Mishra is about to strike Urza with oh, it. Oh, no way. I wouldn't put this in the, the night deck. It's not quite flavorful but enough. That's insane. But it but found like, it. Because my brain was like, oh, I'm just thinking of the new one with Veraska and Jace. Totally. Or I'm thinking of the one with, I think it might be Mishra covered in Phyrexian oil. Yeah. That like really dark image one of yes. Phyrexian Arena. Yeah, yeah. None of those fit the vibe. But yeah, no. there's one with a dude holding a sword. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll include this in the deck because specifically it's got a sword. It's in got it. a sword in there. Yeah, nice. It's like those I've I've like just touched on what you can do. Scryfall is, is an so amazing engine. And to be honest, that's why I asked you because I'm not telling the listeners how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably only scratched the surface. If you know of any other cool Scryfall searches, by the way, tell me. Like, there's a list of the in the syntax. It gives you a guide. There's like to a syntax. guide on the website. There's some stuff that doesn't appear there. I know that for sure. There's like weird niche things that I don't know how to do that you can do. So tell me if you know about those. Um, if you don't want to learn all that about Scryfall. I, I do just want to mention, you can ask your friends. Yeah. Especially people who've been playing Magic for a long time. If you're just like, hey, what cards come to mind that have a sword in the art? Someone who's been playing Magic for five, six, seven years, they'll have a bunch of cards to list there. Yep. Uh, and I think it's like, like pretty good for new players to feel comfortable in asking these kind of questions when they want to build a deck. 
I want to stress that Commander players specifically, maybe not modern players, maybe not legacy players. Mm. I don't know because I don't really play those formats. Mm. But Commander players are the best at wanting to help you find weird niche includes for your deck. Oh. So, like, literally, the like our Discord might be a good one to shout out here. 100%. Because our Discord has a channel in it called Deck Discussion, which mm. is just basically throw up your Moxfield list ask a general question and people will just flood and give you ideas. Yeah. Uh, the other week, uh, well, like a couple of months ago now, I wanted cards that triggered on upkeep. Mm. And when you do a scryfall search for things that say upkeep, God, you'll be there for years. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to survey people of their favorite upkeep triggers. Yeah. Um, Poll the people. Everyone, tell me what your favorite upkeep triggers are. And I found some wild cards. Mm. Like, there was some really insane includes for that deck. Like, there was a um, a background called Tavern Brawler. Oh, at you, the beginning you of- You upkeep, you exile till you exile- uh, Oh, no, you exile top card of your library. And then your, com- your commander, commander gets, yeah. uh, pe- like, plus X plus X, where X is the mana value of the thing. I think it's plus exile? X plus O. And then you, okay. can, and then you can cast it for the turn. You can cast it till the turn. But because but I had two commanders- twice. Yeah. Oh. I had two commanders- so I would impulse. You can, yes. you can theoretically, yeah. if you had both of them out and Tavern Brawler, and you did the upkeep thing with. Night I would exile four cards. Four cards. That's gas. Three uh, mana, draw four cards every turn. And the other wild thing is K9. This is for my K9 and Ninth Doctor deck. I don't mm. actually think I mentioned that, but K9 gives another legendary creature unblockable. It's a I win can, card. I can use this card to knock someone out with commander damage. Oh, that is gas. It's insane. And I had no idea about it until someone in the Discord was like, why haven't you looked at this card? Yeah. I'm like, because I didn't know about it. That's this is so amazing. cool. That's so cool. I, I, I guess I want to, I will say 100% the Discord's a great place to go and like asking people is a great way, place to go. You need to be really clear if you're looking for flavor. If you just go like, hey guys, what do you think of this deck? The suggestions people naturally will make in the same way that EDH Rec will naturally have powerful cards on it. Optimally correct Optimal. Ones. They'll yeah. go like, hey, have you thought about Damnation in your deck? Have you thought about yeah. Wrath of God? And it's like, yes, I have. But I also, you can be clear, I'm looking for a theme, you know? Yeah. I'm looking for cards and be really specific. Like when I'm looking for Knight Vorthos cards, I, if I was asking, I wouldn't be like, I look, I want cards about knights. I'd be like, I want the feel of my deck to be chivalry and combat mm. and um, armor and lances and swords. Yeah. And that's like a Imagine great- Imagine the TV show Merlin. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, like- <laughs> straight up. Like, you know, picture things that would fit in that theme and that's what I'm yeah. chasing. But yeah, I, I think the, th- the thing about asking people who are really established players, especially when you ask really narrow and specific questions, people take it as a challenge like yeah oh my god i will do that so often like yeah. you'll come to me and say oh i'm building this really like for example just recently we were on discord not long ago and you're like oh, i want to build slime against humanity and build an ooze deck and i was like you're fucking on yeah. I, like i spent the next like 20 <laughs> minutes 30 minutes just looking specifically for cards for waltz it was a collaborative effort <laughs> yeah. like we were like actively building the deck i was building the deck on moxfield and like doing most of the edits and like you know d- deciding whether cards would actually and make i was it. spamming a lot that of man your Links. <laughs> a lot of them were making the cut for I'm sure. Glad. It's like, and look, to be completely honest, when people post in the deck discussions channel, I'm a busy guy. I don't often chime in. When someone has a really narrow and weird deck, I'm like, I'll find something. Sure, I, <laughs> I can, take it as a challenge. I'll pause writing this podcast episode <laughs> or making this content. Yeah, I'll do this. This is this is a worthy <laughs> challenge for my intellect. Um. <laughs> I think we've given plenty of guidelines for flavor. It's also been 44 minutes already. Is it really? Wow. Okay. We're excited Longer about this. Longer than I thought for this. I don't I know if you can tell. The time at all. I think this we'd better fun. take a thrifty interlude. Yeah, short little break. Let's make it flavorful. Let's make this episode of Thrifty Interlude be thrifty. So it'll taste like pennies. <laughs> 
This just in, this card will taste like pennies. You yeah. just wait. Um, so we've got lots left to cover, including fun being an important part. Uh, before that, we're going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. And as is tradition, I will be performing a monologue. James, would you like to read the card that the Cowled Merchant will be presenting us with this week? Heck yeah, because it's definitely not Walt. It's Armadillo <laughs> Cloak. For one green and a white, you get an enchantment aura that says Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature gets plus two, plus two, and has Trample. And whenever Enchanted Creature deals damage, you gain that much life. There once was a man in a cloak. Except the man was a woman, and the cloak was the scales of an armoured marsupial. Not much of a cloak, but who am I to judge? Wait, who am I? Alright, don't you want to have this cloak for yourself? Will you be protected? Maybe. Will it stay on your body? Unclear. Will you look cool? Probably not. Unless you have some armadillo friends. Actually, it's probably not cool to wear your friend's uncle's skin, though in some circles, I'm sure that's a compliment. I don't know where those circles are, but you could be your own circle if you roll into a ball. Get budgeted. I love the reference to the original Haunted Cloak Thrifty Thursdays include. I think you are maybe the only person who uh, knows the Thrifty Thursdays as well well enough enough of a fan. (laughs) (laughs) To recognise those first lines as what they were. But yes, um, this is a good example, I think, of the card that we're... The kind of card that we're about to look at. Yeah. Um, But I'll first just say, if you enjoyed that, you can obviously go check more of those out in the the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, Thrifty Thursdays channel. They're released every week, blah, 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 blah. But the next category card that they wanted us to look at was fun yeah that was like i mean look flavor was fun to talk about it was clearly yeah um but yeah fun is like a whole thing in of itself and obviously i think straight out the box is fun is subjective yeah that is really important to note here one idea is uh, someone's idea of fun could be another idea of torture to someone else yeah straight up we're not kink shaming like (laughs) that's something we're not trying to do uh get your kicks where you get your kicks but here's what we advise to Mm. have fun for yeah and look i i think that like every single thing that we're about to list if someone in your play group is just like i don't think this is very fun just throw it out the window. Like, yep. don't commit to doing things that you think are like, oh my God, this is so fun and funny. And someone else is like, this is making me miserable. Um, yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're talking about the fun of the table here. Um, I'm going to say that this section is going to have to be very different from before because I'm not aware of a way to search Scryfall for fun cards. Uh, I mean, There's look, a funny tag. I know that there's a funny tag <laughs> because like some cards... Oh, my man. The, yep. the, uh, Wizards R&D enjoy running puns in their cards. Oh, yeah. Like slime against humanity. Yeah. Hilarious. Well done. Love Bravo. It. Love it so much. But yes, it is very hard to like know what you would search for if you were looking for fun. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could... like If you have an idea of a mechanic that's fun, you could search that yes, mechanic. Yes, 100%. But I guess... Maybe that should be our goal, is to show you the mechanics and then you can go and search for your own ones uh, sure. that have that thing of happening. But yeah, sure. remember our goal here is also to move away from power. So we're going towards fun, away from power. So I think the sort of like line that I'm giving here is we're thinking about things that are not powerful that are also fun. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I feel like often a lot of people's opinion of what is fun in magic is doing a powerful thing. Totally like, fair. You know, like when I resolve a sublime epiphany for two blue mana because mind splice apparatus has four oil counters on it that feels awesome it's very cool but it is incredibly powerful and sublime epiphany appears on edh rec pages so what we're trying to do here and like look 
you can still have fun cards that what like you know cards we're about to explain for example mm. but you can you, you you and they can still be powerful mm. but you'll find more of them if you steer away from the typical places where you look for power that's what we're yeah. trying to do the, 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 i guess the cards that look that that are fun it's not to say they're an isolated group from, from the powerful. cards that are powerful, but they're just usually sitting towards the end of the yeah. the lower end of the power level scale. And it's also where you look for them as well. I yeah, think, is, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You you will an easy place to go find powerful cards. CDH database, EDH rec. Go find them there. Yep. But we're going to be looking in other places for this, and we'll give you a couple of examples on how to find them. So yeah, I I think the first category I want to talk about here is something that's just like fun in terms of the way the game unfolds. Card Cards that interact with your opponents, especially like in interesting ways. So Armadillo Cloak is what I was thinking of here, which is- Oh, you can enchant someone else's creature. Yep. I, sorry, I, when I read the <laughs> card before we did the interlude, I specifically read Armadillo Cloak of whenever this creature deals damage, you gain that much life. Uh-huh. A lot of the time you'll read enchantment auras that just say enchanted creature has lifelink. There is a difference, which is that lifelink always refers to the controller of the creature. So if Correct. you, if I have a creature and, and James gives it lifelink- when that deals damage, I gain all that life because the, the creature has lifelink and the lifelink refers to that player. Or, for example, if Walt has a creature with lifelink already and I gain control of it, when I deal damage with that creature, I'll gain the life because yeah. the creature I control has lifelink. Yes. However, Armadillo Cloak just says, whenever the enchanted creature deals damage, you gain that much life. So th- there's a- uh... I can now see why you were so excited to <laughs> talk about this card. I gotcha. So there's an obvious downside here, which is that um, this is a trigger- that goes on the stack. So this is why lifelink doesn't work like this is because it would mean that you, someone could like stifle the effect or someone could like respond and bolt you even though you've killed the damage. kill you before you've gained the life. Yeah. So that's the downside. Lifelink, just for a rules thing here, Mm -hmm. lifelink works very differently to this because lifelink happens simultaneously with damage because now damage does not go on the stack. It's a static effect. Is that right? Lifelink? Or is it like a replacement effect? It's not a replacement effect. It's it's known as a static ability. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. But yes, Armadillo Cloak is a trigger, but also it just says when the enchanted creature deals damage, you gain that much life. I can put this on James's creature. Like, let's say, for example, I've got a massive 1212 uh, Galter dinosaur <laughs> that's threatening to kill Walt. Yeah, I can put the Armadillo Cloak on there. It will buff it by two and give it uh, double trample in this case. Trample, trample. Trample, trample. 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 It's a weird episode. Um, But when it deals damage, I will gain that much life because I control the aura that says the line of text on it. So, yes, there's some really cool things that can happen here where you can put this on someone else's creature, kind of blank the damage that it would deal to you. Very cool. Kind of. Kind of. If the creature would deal damage and you would die... You die. You'll just die. You die. Yeah, the trigger's but on the stack. If you, you still die. have life left after that creature's dealt damage, yeah. you'll gain all that life, which is great. Yeah. It's also the cool thing that you can do here is you can chuck this on someone else's creature and be like, hey, I know you want to get through damage over here. I'll give you trample. I'll give you plus two, plus two and trample and then be like, don't read the rest of the card. <laughs> <laughs> just ignore that bit. Don't ignore worry. That bit. I'll tell you what, there's a, there's a cycle of cards that I think work perfectly for this. Uh-huh. The vow cycle. Oh, like the vow, vow of duty. duty. Vow of promise, I think there's one. That sounds right. Vow of Vengeance, Bow I think, flight is, is, is the flight. one that gets flying. Yep. So all of these give plus two, plus two to the creature, a keyword, so mm-hmm. flying or vigilance or um, trample or whatever. And they say they can't attack you or planeswalkers you control. Mm-hmm. 
you being the player who casts the aura and controls the aura. So in my, these in case, ones aren't goaded though, because there's another not there's another cycle that's like impetus cycle oh. they're the shiny impetus, shiny impetus uh, yeah. psychic impetus i think yeah, is the one that whenever it attacks the controller yeah. of the creature loses to gain to and it's goaded specifically yeah. but this one just says it can't attack you so yeah. i can put a vow of duty on james's creature he doesn't have to attack with it but if he does it can't come at me um and that's just like a protection thing i like them a lot for this like affecting your opponents and the things yeah. that they do giving a buff well, you, know? you played one in the pre-con game with our Murders of Markov Manor stream. Yeah. You ended up getting a vow of duty on like a massive beta on, mm. on I think it was Will's board. Yeah. And I just died to this huge beta because yeah. Walt said, eh, can't come at me. I mean, it was doubly good because that deck like also goads. So yeah. it was like, hey, Will, <laughs> it was a to good attack, include. can't come at me. Um, yeah, the vow cycle is a really great example of this. I think the impetus cycle is also another True. good one to look at. Still goading. Yep. Goading is also a good way of affecting the, the board. I guess I would say goading goading because we're talking about like affecting your opponents go doesn't give the player who's goaded very much whereas the vows kind of give people more options yeah i would say i still so, like the impetus a lot yep. um similar kind of thing of like talking about combat and things people gain from combat coveted jewel i love this i want to shout out this is a six mana artifact uh when it etbs you draw three cards uh it taps for three mana so this is already really great. Yeah. When a player... Of any color as well, by the yes, way. Yes, yeah. it does. When a player attacks with a creature and isn't blocked, specifically, um, they gain control of Coveted Jewel and untap it. Uh, and they draw three cards. And when they gain control of it, they draw three cards. Yeah. yeah. Super sick. This and just card... like changes the way the game plays in the same way the Monarch does, but much like to a much higher degree. Yeah, a much more immediate degree, I would Definitely. say. I think the, the reason why I really like including cards like this is there's something I've been finding frustrating recently. And it's about like games not ending. We mm. talk about game length a lot. Yeah. Um, this brings games to a close. And I oh. love cards that just interact with the board in this like way of like, it's not ending the game because I'm going off with a combo or mm. I'm instantly winning the game right here, right now. Yeah. It's going off in this way of like, right, I'll get a boost of mana and a boost of card draw. Yeah. And if you guys engage with this trying to end the game idea that I'm mm. putting down, we'll end the game. And if you get Coveted Jewel, you'll be burst a little bit. Then yeah. your opponent will be burst. It's a fun way of interacting, for it, sure. It results in a faster game, mm. I think, definitely. And, and I'm with you. I think um, faster is usually better in casual games. Yep. Um, especially in some of the games we've been playing in recently. At That's very low, m much lower power level. Mm. Certainly pre-con games are like this. Yeah, it, it well, helps to pre -con have... pre-con stream was, what, like three hours yeah, long? it was long. <laughs> Uh, it helps to have some accelerants, I think, to, mm. to, to increase the, the pace of the game. And I think Coveted Jewel is a really great example of this. Um, I also think, like, interacting with your opponents can happen in the form of giving your opponents choices. I'm talking specifically about cards that vote yeah. here. Um, there's obviously ways to abuse it. The uh, Most of the, like, voting decks, like where the commander Tivet, does this. for example. It always just results in, like, I get everything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, if you vote the way I vote. Like, what's the... There's the Simic one that's like, if you vote the way I vote, I get this. And if you vote the way I don't like, I get this other thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so voting is always good for you. But including them in decks where it's not about the voting it's just about including this fun mechanic where it interacts with your opponents your mm. opponents get a choice I love I actually really enjoyed the um, Doctor Who Precon Masters of Evil oh yeah um, that villainous choice villainous right? choice yeah. these cards were really interesting I mean they're always going to benefit you mm. but it's it was a really cool way to engage in this like fun 
conversation at the table of like, oh, what should we choose as a mm. team? Even cards like um, the Tempt cycle, like Tempt with Discovery uh, and all these kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just those little mini game conversations mm. that your opponents have to have of like, oh, we really shouldn't take this yeah. tempting offer of getting lands to our battlefield, should totally. we? But I kind of want to do it. And it's yeah. like this fun back and forth. I really enjoy those conversations. I think it's a really great um, in for politicking. Like it basically oh, yeah. forces politics to happen. I mean, in the really flavor of the cards, you're voting. Yeah. Like you are actually voting. It couldn't be more on the nose. This is a political conversation. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I want to shout out my favorite recent example of this, which is Prisoner's Dilemma. This Which card literally is so fun. Creates the philosophical construct of the prisoner's dilemma. So, so if you're not familiar, yes. we should probably run through it. Right? So the prisoner's dilemma, I'm not like intimately familiar with, but it basically, like philosophically, puts you in a position of like um, either collectively everyone agrees to do good and we'll get out of it, or someone can betray us and they're given yeah. that power. So if everyone, the idea is that if both parties, so bo- two people are given a choice, mm. if both parties choose to be good to each other, mm. then they both benefit pretty well. Yes. If both parties decide to betray each other, both of them lose. Yes, if, but... If one party decides to betray the other party and the other party is going to be good to... So, like, say Mm. party A is good and party... I'm being good. Yeah. James is choosing to be bad. James gets all the benefits. I get all the reward. And I get all the suffering. So the way this played out in a magic card is Prisoner's Dilemma, which puts your opponents, you cast that, it's a five minute sorcery, puts your opponents into this. I won't read the card because it's got too much text on it, but the gist of it is yeah. you either choose, what are the names of the choices? Snitch or Silence. Silence or Silence snitch. or Snitch. That sounds yeah. right. So if everyone chooses Silence, a sort of moderate thing happens. And it's damage to your opponents. It's damage yeah, yeah. that happens. If everyone chooses snitch a very bad thing happens but if some people choose silence and some people choose snitch the snitch people don't have anything happen to them and the silence people take a bunch more damage i think it's 12 i think it's 12 if every- i think it's four then eight then 12 the three like tiers the that three levels yeah. yeah and like so when you cast this card your opponents will naturally go oh we should all choose silence, right? Yeah, Let's we're all, all choosing choose silence. silence. Let's choose silence. All right, yep. we'll, all, we'll all choose silence. All right, everyone, reveal. Three, two, one, reveal. James, why the fuck did you snitch? Yeah. <laughs> That's essentially how it will play out. The snitch gets out of it completely, and the silence people are taking eight. And then, yes, if everyone snitches, everyone takes 12. And you can see why it's called the prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, it puts you in the prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, it literally puts you in a position where two cops have arrested you. One yeah. cop <laughs> takes you to one interview room. The other cop <laughs> takes your buddy to another room, and they give you this ultimatum. Yeah. It's a great design of a magic card. This is why I will never agree with people who are like, R&D have no idea what they're doing and they're not in touch with regular players. It's this like, is amazing. No, people are still... There are people within the commander design group who know what make what good games are comprised of and they're actively searching for it and they hit often yeah. with those cards. Like Wheel of Misfortune is about as complicated as this card, but, but my God, fun. it's so fun to resolve. Yeah, once you understand how it works and it's just like, how risky do I want this to be, yeah. you know? It's a fun card. And including it in decks like Obosh, oh, uh, oh! You always win. Prisoners so Dilemma, also great in Obosh because it Five also CMC, has yeah. an odd mana value. Oh, yeah. Um... The last card I want to shout out here, this is another Thrifty Thursdays card, actually. Does it interact with your opponents? Guided Passage is such a weird card. (laughs) Well, the first line of text on the card is, reveal your library. (laughs) (laughs) It only gets better from there. Uh, So it's blue, green, red. So it costs Teema colors. Um, Reveal your library. An opponent chooses from among your library a land card. 
uh, a, a non-land, non a non-land non-creature card, and, and a creature a, card. And a creature card. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, something like that. Non-land, non-creature. That's like an enchantment or an artifact or yeah. something like that. It's or a, a land, sorcery. a creature, and then something that's not a, a land or a creature, basically, yeah. is the gist of it. Um, but yeah, it, I've used this specifically to be like, hey, we need a board wipe. Um, his guided passage, find us a board wipe. And it's like, no one's going to say no to that. But then it's like, what kind of deal can we strike about those other two cards that yeah. you choose for me? You know, we've, we've been in many games together where you've cast guided passage and targeted me because you know that I'll give you the thing that the table needs, yeah. whether it's like the answer or the way to stop the person from winning on their next turn. But it's always a great time of us being like, okay, well, what else do you want? What, yeah. Okay. We, we need that board wipe, but yeah. what creature do you want? If whatever creature I get never swings at me. How yeah. about that? And it's like this fun little again. It's side game. It's like this side game of magic. And it opens up the door to more politicking happening later. Yeah. You know, it can be. It, there's a back and forth that's implied there of like, okay, I'll get you that creature. Yeah, if it doesn't swing at me, and then it's like, okay, it won't swing at you if you don't target it with this. You know, yeah. like there's like kind of levels, levels and layers. Increasing to it. politics is so much fun, and I think that. Yeah, interacting with your opponents is definitely the key to get that. Absolutely. I think another way we can move away from power and towards fun is like... <laughs> this is going to sound obvious, but the cards that are powerful usually do things consistently, right? Like, oh, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> I like this. Rhystic you're Study, like, very, like, obviously people can pay the one, but Rhystic Study never goes like, flip a coin. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about randomness. Randomness. Okay. There's so much potential for fun and for great stories when things are random. Like, I'll talk about one card that we see all the time that mm -hmm. you probably don't need any more incentive to play already. Chaos Warp. Great card. How many great stories have come out of the card Chaos Warp? You know, like, oh, I hit the Omniscience and then he flipped Ulamog the Infinite Gaia, yeah. you know? Well, now I'm getting attacked and my library's getting exiled. Like, yeah. you know, we've seen it before where we've exiled, we've done the Chaos Warp thing. We've Chaos Warped something back into the library. Yep. They've shuffled it. We've even cut the deck and they've revealed the same creature. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that was a three mana do nothing. <laughs> like <laughs> A three mana target player shuffles their library. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's just so much potential there. And I, I think even with like removal, you can look to cards. Well, okay, so obviously it is removal, but like, um, board wipes. Oh, can I shout out Boom Pile in I one of your decks? Boom Pile. This is in your Itch to Keek deck, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I like it. It's like, it doesn't need any reason to be in a deck already, but it sacrifices as, a, as an artifact. It's an artifact that can be recurred. Yep. So in an artifact deck, it's more fun, but also it's generic mana. So if you're in green, I have played Boom Pile in decks that yeah. are just mono green before. Basically, you tap it, you flip a coin, and if you win the flip, um, you destroy all non-land permanents. <laughs> it's hilarious. And it's it's genuinely one of those moments where Walt will like cast Boompile, everyone will go, whoa, you're doing that now? He's like, nah. But if we need it, yeah. we'll go 50-50 we'll on it. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think arguably even more fun, sadly not as cheap, and sadly more colour restrictive. Last one standing. This is the one in red and black yeah, one? So yeah, so you have to be in Rakdos or Rakdos Plus. But you choose a creature at random and destroy <laughs> the rest. <laughs> the way this usually plays out is you basically assign every creature a number. Yep. And usually then, you can do it on a D20, you know. But if there's a... T I've had it before where we've played token index man and it's been oh. like all right we have to there are 30 soldiers so yeah. those soldiers will be one through 30 yeah. <laughs> these these creatures will be this and then we oh put man, it into like my d100 at <laughs> well we i think the way we did it someone resolved i'm not sure if you were in the game but we just went on to google rng and just went one to 250 <laughs> or something and it was like i think what survived in the end was someone's commander like wildly oh my God, and it's like, it's like what the, are the chance odds? 
chances of that are insane. But again, the story potential that comes out of yeah. that from a fun perspective is just so high. Um, I think I would put this one slightly lower, but still has the potential because of the randomness. Atali is pretty funny. Uh, I mean, both Atalis now. Oh, true. Yeah, other true. Atali kind of cascades from your opponent's libraries. Yep. Um, I had a game the other day. Ironically, Atali famously flips cards off the top. I was playing my uh, Vevictus as Marty deck. And I blow, blew up some permanents on people's boards. Nice. Fletcher flipped an Atali Primal Storm off the top. And we were like, that's pretty funny. You flip the top deck flip, card off the top. Yeah. Flip the card that's going to flip more cards. <laughs> Next player in turn order flips Atali off the top. No way. <laughs> oh, my God. What are the odds that we hit two Atalis off the top? We could do the math. Um, let's it's not, low. Though. It's um, a low chance. I really like Atali, but I think that it has to... Atali is one of those includes that usually pops up in decks that synergize with it like for example mm. big spell decks love atali big spell decks love it uh things like cards cast from exile oh decks yeah. love atali because it um, casts from exile what's the, i always forget the name of the rakdos commander that everyone prosper. plays prosper tomebound does it yes there's great the, include in the, the prosper deck slightly newer one kind of old now but there's that gruel card that, that you make wolves when you cast cards from exile oh yeah that I was forget what it's called everyone was super hyped on that card and yeah it, i've not seen it I've really be played it. it's cool it was from um uh, Midnight Hunt? I think it's Midnight, Midnight Hunt because it makes rules. Yeah. yeah. It's either that or Baldur's Gate. I can't remember. Anyway, very cool card as yeah. well. Yeah, Tali's better in there. Um, I do want to add the big caveat to our recommendation to play random cards here, which is Chaos. Yeah. This is like a different level to random. What we're recommending is cards that like still do a thing in the game and mm. like or might do a thing really well or might do it subpar like yeah. Boom Pile or might do nothing at all like Boom Pile. Yeah. But... <laughs> I think what you're trying to get at here is like chaos decks are different breeds of decks. Uh, decks that are like, designed to be pure chaos or yeah. make it very difficult to play the game of magic. A hundred percent. Like I've spoken before about how I don't like combos in Commander specifically because they feel like they invalidate the rest of the game that's happened. I think I love chaos decks less. Yeah. Well, much I, less. I think it's the same reason though, right? Like chaos, like possibility storm, for instance. Oh uh, yeah. The yeah, enchantment, yeah. when you cast a spell, you basically exile cards on top of your library until you exile a card of the same um, type. So mm. an instant exile, so you hit an instant, sorcery does it for sorcery, etc. You literally have turned all the cards that you see and look at and want to cast, and you said, what if they weren't that? You've and basically turned your deck into a like a slot machine. It's just a random like, number let's generator. Just, let's just run the slot machine 10 yeah. times, see who wins. And in the same way, like Thieves Auction and Warp World, anytime mm. anyone casts one of these spells, I'm like... Please never do this again. <laughs> weren't, weren't you in a game with Thieves Auction Resolved the other week? I was when we were at CanCon. Yeah. Someone cast it. And like, look, I, I think because I'd never seen it before. I'd never had been this in a game with This is your first Thieves it. Auction experience. I've, I've watched it a lot of times and been like, this doesn't look like fun. And heard a lot of people say it's not, not fun and been like, that sounds about right. But um, Thieves Auction I've never played in. And yeah, I had it resolved and it was just like... It literally straight up said, let's pause the real game we're playing and play this fake game for a little while. Yeah. And also, 
it gets to a point like people steal like someone had a wristic study and it was like okay obviously someone's gonna that's steal gonna go that hot. that's gonna go first but it gets to a point like you, you get about five six seven cards should in. We, we should probably explain how oh, thieves, thieves auction, auction works yeah. first so basically you all the permanents on the battlefield go into the middle yeah and then in turn order or maybe it's reverse turn order or whatever people grab a permanent that they want until every permanent has been cho- chosen yep. so straight up you just pick something that's yours pick something that's yours and then players gain control of all those things mm-hmm. um it straight up just paused the game and made this meaningless mini game and yeah once five or six cards had been chosen like the obvious best cards on the board like there was like mm-hmm. a war storm surge and there was um yeah a like fiery emancipation and, or yeah, something like, like that things that are obviously great in every deck people are like oh, i'm gonna grab that yeah. it gets to a point where it's like okay there's a player playing elves I don't really care about, like, Fintorn Elves. Or Lizalana Huntmaster. Yeah. I'm not casting an elf in my it deck. I'm playing my Landfall deck. I think I'd rather have my thing that triggers from Landfall yeah. than I'd rather have this elf. So you end up, uh, after grabbing all those really high-value permanents... It just becomes, like, nothing. Like, everyone nothing take back happened. what you originally had. And the player who was in the lead still won the game. It just yeah. paused the game, the real game we were playing. Everything shuffled around a bit, and then the game continued and the same player won. It was like, what was the point of this? Look, I think there's some, like, clear distinctions to make here, because we were referencing the fact that, they're, you know, when you engage in politics, there's, like, this fun little mini game that happens. Yes. Cards like Thieves' Auction and, like, Warp World... These cards don't just make a short little mini game. They take 10, 15 minutes they become to resolve. The game, right? Yeah, and it becomes this whole new thing. I'm like, yeah, possibility storms another one. Mm. I think the chaos deck archetype, which I really hope the space commanders never get us to do an archetype <laughs> build on, oh, is just one of those builds that like if your playgroup is happy to play against it and you guys are having fun, that's great. Yep. Just be very wary of it and you really have to be clear in that pre-game discussion, that rule zero conversation yep. to make sure that people know you are going to basically make the game a roulette wheel. Like, Yeah, it, it, it's straight up a different game. It's, it's kind of not dissimilar to sitting down and being like, hey, let's play Commander. I want to play Plane Chase Commander. And it's like, yeah. okay, totally fair. That's a way to play, but it's different than Commander. Correct. And I'm not going to go ahead and say like Chaos games are a different format. They're obviously not. But it kind of is a similar effect it's having on the game to be yep. like, okay, rather than regular Commander, we're going to play Commander with some RNG, like a lot more RNG in it. Yeah. And yeah, you need to be really clear with people because some people are going to be like, I like my cards to do what they do, Yugi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think most people like their cards to do what they do, Yugi. Yeah. I think that's the whole reason why they put it in their deck yeah. in the first place. I actually put this card in because I wanted it to be cast and resolved. Yeah. Um, weirdly, I know, but uh, that's what I was aiming for. Well, look, anyway. I, I don't want to hark on I don't about, about like, because if you enjoy it, you play it. It's, it's great. And if your playgroup really enjoy it, amazing. And do look, you want to play it like, with strangers? It didn't kill it. my enjoyment of that game yeah. to play Thieves Auction. I'm not like, I'm, if anything, I remember you saying it was a lot less bad than you thought it was. 100%. It was not as bad as I thought, but like, be aware that's what you're doing yeah. and, you know, don't aim for it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think another category of card that kind of fits into the same thing of like, moving away from power towards fun. Um, and it's cards have specifically been like maybe cut from your decks before. High ceiling, low floor cards. You have specifically said cut these cards. I think I've like maybe there was a whole episode. I can't think of exactly what it was, but I think it was like play more consistent cards. High ceiling, low floor cards though have the in the same way that that um, politics cards and and randomness cards add this element of of like fun and like what's going to happen. This adds an element of oh my god, this could be a absolute blowout. Yeah, or. 
nothing in my deck. Yes. Like when, especially in the deck building process, when you find cards that have this incredibly high, a lot of people refer it to it as magical Christmas land. Yeah. That's like the common ref- like yeah, way to refer yeah. to these cards. Magical Christmas land is a very exciting place to go. 100%. You'll meet Santa, you'll meet elves, you'll get candy canes and presents. Yes. But the floor of magical Christmas land is going there in like summer <laughs> and like the reindeer are just like, regular deer and, and they're sleeping under a tree santa's sunburnt and yeah. he's rubbing aloe vera on his back and also like the snow is melted there's just puddles yeah and lots like, of puddles and slush and the elves are like kind of like just waiting for their next paid job they're and like they're really drunk. struggling yeah they're like they've started drinking because yep. they're not getting work they're drinking hard it's mrs. A bad Cla- time of year. mrs claus is like you know seeing other people the economy is on a downturn yeah. north pole's really fucked up in rent's summer. expensive yeah. um <laughs> That's a horrible image. So but you the, get what I'm saying. So the lesson that we want to bring from this is don't visit the North Pole in summer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> high ceiling, low floor cards. You get what I'm saying. Though, I totally right? get yeah. what you're saying. Um, I have talked about this this as a few times as how much I love it. Everything comes to dust from the Doctor Who oh, Commander deck. So cool. The this art the, on it is oh, unbelievable. As um, big Whovians, me and James love this so much. And you're like a Rose Tyler big era Rose Tyler fan. fan. That's like my time. Um, everything comes to dust. Is 10 mana sorcery has convoke uh it exiles all artifacts enchantments and creatures that didn't share a type with a creature that convoked this spell so obviously downside like low floor it's a 10 mana board wipe <laughs> yes it has very convoke. very low floor very low if floor. you top deck this and you've got no creatures on board and you need a board wipe you are gonna feel yeah. so sad if casting have, this spell you could have nine mana and be like i can't board wipe <laughs> How often does that happen? Um, obviously, more low floor stuff. If you uh, sh- have a creature type that shares something with a lot of the board, like just humans. If you're in a humans deck, I play this in my humans deck. Yep. Sometimes you play against decks like that have lots of wizards in them or are doing spell slinger things. And, and they just lots- align with yours. There's yeah. just lots of humans in those decks. And sometimes it's like, oh, cool. I get rid of everything except all the things that matter. But the magical Christmas <laughs> land of this card. Exactly. It, on Christmas day, when yeah. you unwrap this and you've got a board of 10 token humans and no one else is playing humans. Everyone else has got beasts and and stuff. And you're like, well, I'll go to combat and vigilance swing out at you. And then I'm going to tap everything and not spend a single (laughs) drop of mana on this spell. (laughs) Boom goes the dynamite. Exile everything that's not mine. It can be. What a wonderful world. And like people don't feel bad losing to this because it's like, you got there, son. <laughs> yeah. You got there. You you dreamt. You had a dream. Did you ever have a dream you where you thought you wanted you could and you could do anything? You could do anything. Yeah, that's what happens when that's, you do that. Everything comes to dust is that kid. <laughs> it is. I want to show out a card that you used to play back in our like super like battle cruiser, you know, uh, COVID 2020 games. <laughs> Three hour long. Yep. Yeah. Nascent Metamorph. Oh, Nascent Metamorph. That, this card is wild. So this, fun. I used to run this in my Yuriko deck because <laughs> For no reason no reason other than it kind of wanted to attack so what it is a one and a blue for a one one i think it's a salamander it could be a newt i'm gonna look it up might be i think it might be a salamander anyway sure. when it attacks you will target an opponent mm-hmm. so that you have to target the opponent and they reveal cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card nasa metamorph becomes a copy of that creature until end of turn 
Yep, so it's wild. Is it a salamander? It's a shapeshifter. It's a shapeshifter. It looks okay, exactly that makes... like a salamander, it looks to be fair. Like if you look a, at the art for this card. Like the little newt thing. Yeah. But basically, the player doesn't get the creature. Uh, it just gets shuffled back onto the bottom of their library. Yep. Like, you, don't, you didn't get anything. You didn't steal anything from them. Except that you copied... A good creature, maybe. See, what <laughs> What my magical Christmas land with this card with Yuriko was that if I just target, because usually there's a cre- there's a player at the table that's playing big creatures, yeah. I'll target the player going big creatures, <laughs> and then if they block it, it's great, because i got the big creature. Yep. If they don't block it, fabulous. I'll ninjutsu that massive creature away <laughs> and put a ninja in. The other wild thing is <laughs> Nasset Metamorph does this on block as well. Yeah. It can weirdly be a blowout of a block. You it's know? Sometimes kind you like of nuts. hit something with like that with like reach and lifelink as a blocker. So you just like target that angel player and be okay. like yours please. Yeah. <laughs> I'll become Avacyn. Thanks yes, for that. Avacyn Angel of Hope till end of turn. Seems good. It is a wild card. And it I is. have every time I've seen it in other people's decks I'm like I yeah. love this card so much. In a similar vein uh, when I was most recently revisiting my Kaza Wizards deck, I was trying to cut down on the like sort of Comet Storm style, big burn, burn obvious win cards sure. and started to put in like, this could win if I copied it enough times. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elminster's Simulacrum is uh, a six mana instant. It's four blue blue. And I think it's like four fit- blue, but so six mana. Blue blue. That's and, and you just straight up make a token copy of a creature that an opponent controls. Oh, is it like, so you just... For each opponent. For each, For so each you, opponent, you create a token that's a copy of up to one target creature that oh, player so controls. You, so if you copy this once, you create six, six tokens. tokens. Two from each player. Copy it twice, you make nine. Yeah. Copy it. Oh, yeah. my Lord. That's an exponential <laughs> blowout. And it's an instant. And Kaza it's reduces, instant? It's an instant. And Kaza reduces the cost. So you just like leave up two blue and Kaza. And that's then before silly. someone's turn, you're like, cool, I'm going to copy what set is all this from? your creatures. Um, it's Boulder's Gate. Man, that's Still slept set. on. Still slept that's on set. that set. We gave it away as a booster box giveaway. And, and I, we regret it. <laughs> I really wish we kept that box. I think that we could have cracked some really fun stuff. But in a similar way to Nascent Metamorph, like you can't feel bad about this. No. Like, you it's did random. this. It's a bit, it's a bit of like a, oh, it could be good, could, could be bad. Yep, exactly. And like, yes, on an empty board, like talking about low floors, nothing. I have this six mana instant that does nothing. Yeah. Magical Christmas Land, though. Yep, that NASA Metamorph is a Galter. It's true. A two mana Galter. Well, usually Galter's <laughs> two mana anyway, but it's blue Galter. <laughs> Anything's possible in Magical Christmas Land. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to shout out another thing you're really good at. Um, I'm just feel, doing feel like really good things this yeah. episode. Thanks, Walt. Really I mean, appreciate I, that. I had my Scryfall moment. I yeah, feel like okay. it's only Give fair. the second half of this episode <laughs> to me. I'll, I'll take it. Um, the, my last tip here is mine your chaff. I am really good at this, You're actually. really <laughs> good at mining your chaff. You have built entire decks, and you've spoken about this on the podcast, yeah. out of your chaff. So, obviously, the, the appeal here, like we're talking about, we're moving away from power because we can't go out and buy the specific cards yeah. that we know will be great in the deck. I mean, buying singles will, like, inevitably be you looking for cards that are powerful. I think yeah. that's the natural thing. But, like, when you go to build a deck and you build most of it, and this is the way I do it. Like, if I want to build a generally lower-powered, funner deck, mm. funner? more fun deck yeah. there's good grammar <laughs> nice i will generally go through my chaff first yep. find cards that just kind of synergize with the commander in a weird way mm. might be a again objectively worse include <laughs> yeah but i'll just say right that's my version of this effect in this deck yeah because i've got it 
And yeah. also, this saves money as well. This is also, I know Walt does a lot of budget picks, but I have saved so much money on just having the cards in my collection already. It's true. I think especially people who already like are cracking lots of boxes and have that like yeah, encyclopedia it. of cards. Like you have access to so many cards, and like it's an obvious thing here. The reason I build on a budget, it, part of it is that limitation breeds creativity and in the same way building from within the cards you own is exactly the same thing you're going like yes the th- limitation is not budget and you might just like have a sort of half a gnome or a sort of feast and fan yeah. or well whatever. i mean when i built my ukima and kazar deck i had a nims <laughs> wow. yeah. i had a nims death mantle in yeah. my collection and i was like wow this is really good with yeah. ukima because when it dies you pay for return ukima yeah. attach the equipment that buffs it it's a zombie. Who yeah. cares about that? But like, oh, this is synergy. I just slapped that in my deck. But then equally, there's a bone splitter in that deck. It's an equipment that gives <laughs> plus two plus O. Oh. That's the end of the card. It equips for one. <laughs> it's Look, it's a, it's a pauper card. Like, it's a, it's, it's, it's yeah. a good card. I'm not going to deny it. But like, if you were going out and building an Ukima deck, I don't think you'd be like, man, got to find some room in my budget for bone splitter. I also run stuff like, you know, uh, oh, what's bone split? There's like a cycle of really low common Terrible equipment. Oh, you got Volshock Morningstar? Volshock Morningstar was the one I was trying to think of. It's also my old copy of Volshock yes. Morningstar, which I love to see. It just I think this one just gives plus three, plus three from memory. I actually think it's plus three, plus oh. I actually don't even think it's oh, that wow. good. I think yeah. it's, a, it's like a two drop that equips for two that gives yeah. plus three, plus oh. But like, I hope you get what we're saying in that like, there is like fun and like, you know, we can chat back to flavor again here. Mm. You will find cards going through your chaff that even if you're a Scryfall master like me, you, they just wouldn't jump out at you the same nah. way like when you're actively looking through the physical cards in for your hands, something for a, f- a specific deck you have yes, in mind that's the way oh. to do it don't just like go mindlessly through chaff be like okay i'm building gandalf the white let me look at every artifact i own and you'll see stuff and be like man i would never have searched for this in scryfall but, but now that God, i see it, it i'm like like chromatic star it's, it's just, just like, good. When it put into a graveyard, draw a card. That's going to double from um, Gandalf. Gandalf the White's trigger. Costs one, adds a mana. Like, it's basically a ritual that draws a card. <laughs> so good. So cool. I think that the, the key to doing this is going in with the mindset of looking for a particular commander that Definitely. you're building. I think if you just go mindlessly, you'll just be staring at cards. So, yeah. Mm. Go in trying to find a specific thing that your deck does yeah. or wants to do and just dive around for a bit and also go through your your friends stuff as well oh, yeah I've, d- I've done it before where i've like rocked up at walt's place and walt's got his like pile of chaff on his desk and i flick through it and go oh outlaws merriment do you mind if i grab this <laughs> i'm building a deck that might use this yeah thanks man it's just like the, it, it's so the, the opportunity presents itself in a way yeah. that you don't necessarily find obviously i'm going to shout out scryfall again here um specifically say just keep scrolling <laughs> Yeah. If, if you have a good search there, and there's even if there's shitloads of cards, if you've got the time, just go through like three pages of cards. Especially if you've sorted by EDH rec rank and all yeah. the really common played stuff is right on the first page. Totally. Skip to the last page. Have a look at that weird like page nine of Scryfall. What comes up when you search for knight in art? And at the very back, there'll be something from the Onslaught <laughs> set from like the early 2000s. 100%. I, I remember when I was building my Mowu Loyal Companion deck. I was like actively looking for cards that gave just one counter because at the time I was just building around specifically Mowu. The plus one counter thing. Yeah, and I was yep. like, what's some of the re- repeatable effects that will give a counter every turn? And I found this bloody weird, weird card. I'm just trying to pull it up now. Force Mage 
Page Advocate. This one is one that would come up if you were using that Scryfall search for art abs, by the way. Oh, is it written? Really? It's an extreme. It's like an actually comically ripped guy. He looks kind of silly. He looks like a washboard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not in a healthy way. He looks like there's something wrong with him. Um, he's a 2-1. You tap him and return target card in an opponent's graveyard to their hand. Seems good. Um, put a plus one counter on target creature. Okay. So See, every I've, turn you're getting re- a counter, right? I now remember the reason you managed to convince yourself to slip this in because yeah. you can use that as a politics thing. You oh, can be yeah. like, hey, that board wipe in your deck we really need right now. Yeah. Da-ding, there you go, have it back. Missing a land drop? I see you've got an Evolving Wilds in there. Would you like to have that back? Mm. You know, and then like people just like let you le- have the thing and just ignore the fact that you're getting, in the case of Mowu, two counters every turn for two mana it on a creature. gets excessive pretty quick, especially then you got like Mowu and... And hardened scales. Yeah. That's three counters every turn. Like yeah. so good, so good. I think I would like to end this section though, just on a warning, um, which is that remember that your opponents also while they while they want to have fun, they also want the game to end. Yeah. And so don't just keep going all in on just flavor and just fun because you will eventually start reducing the power level of your deck to an extent where it's yeah. like, okay, how do you ever make the game end? Yeah. Like I'll, I'll shout out the the space commander that actually gave us this episode, Wizard Down Under. Mm. He used to have a awesome Jace Bellerin themed deck. Yes. And which I've- would be a great use for that flavor. He's the one who put me onto the flavor service. Search, by the oh, way. Oh, really? Was yeah, he was like, did that? you know, you can search um, by art That's and you can insane. search by flavor. And I was like, wow, no wonder you could build a Jace deck because there's like 10 cards that are actually Jace. Yeah. <laughs> but like he, like specifically, I remember the conversation I had with him was around like, okay, is this a mill deck? Am I trying mm. to draw my library and win with like a lab man type effect with yeah. Jace World of Mysteries? I think is the one that wins yeah, when yeah, cards yeah. in library. And then he was like, there just isn't enough win cons. And unfortunately, sometimes that might be the downfall of the deck is, mm. you know, it might not just be possible. But with new sets coming out, keep an eye out for the cards that will make that deck idea that really weird, you know, this is the theme of my deck. I'm mm. using this creature. I'm doing Kithkin typal deck, whatever. Yeah. Find when new sets come out, if you see a card that will get that deck to having a win con, yeah. maybe it's possible now. Yeah, uh, Enjoy that flavor experience, but find a way to bring it to an end as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. There is a plethora of information out there about the most powerful cards and decks in our format, but this information won't always push you towards your maximum joy. There's plenty of satisfaction to be had when you search for strategies, decks, and cards that you haven't seen before and craft something truly creative that is entirely your own. So, Space Space Commanders, Commanders, Command Received! Wow, I thought this was going to be a quick conversation. We've been talking for like an hour and a half. Um, do you feel commanded, listeners? Yeah. Um, how do you build outside of the box? Yeah, yeah. What, what are the scryfall searches you use? Yeah. Again, tell me more tools for my <laughs> ridiculous obsession. Um, you can get in touch with us in a bunch of ways. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, or threads. We're at Get Commanded on all those platforms. You can, of course, check out our gameplay over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash getcommanded. Uh, and the best way to hang out with us and actually chat with us and share your thoughts on cards and things that we do is the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked in the show notes. Uh, and there's some other members of our playgroup in there, including Wizard Down Under. Yeah. Thanks for this episode, BT Dubs. Yeah. And thank you for being one of our amazing patrons. Yeah. Uh, we, again, really, we we wouldn't be at the point where we're business partners and talking to brands like, you know, Infinity Tokens and getting messaged yeah. by Mast Wolf on Instagram. Like, these things are insane. And we really wouldn't be able to do it without all of you. So we'd like to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, Bottomless Potamus, and Fraser. And we'd also like to make this very special shout out to Fletcher Cutting and Wizard Down Under for supporting us in the Space Commander tier. You are the best. You really, really are. And 
thanks, of course, to Palms Off Gaming, who sponsor this podcast. They make some amazing deck boxes, sleeves, binders, and other gaming accessories. And you can check them out at palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. You can get 10% off when you make your order. So thank you, Palms Off. And uh, that's palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded. Yeah, when you scryful search cards that only contain people wearing the color yellow, you can get your Palms Off Gaming yellow sleeves to match. <laughs> um, you can also make those cards stand out when they're in the actual sleeve with the blackout sleeves, oh, which yeah. are, of course, black on the inside. They're so good. It's true. I love them. Um, that's all the magic stuff we have. Should we planeswalk out of here and into yeah. somewhere else? I think it's your turn. It is my week? turn. And okay. this is going to absolutely out us for how far in advance we record our episodes. Okay. It was Valentine's Day yesterday. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> a corporate silly holiday that uh-huh. basically where capitalism says, spend money to prove you love the person you love every day <laughs> the same amount every day. Yes. And um, the only way to measure that is with buying things. Yeah. Yes. Money. Money talks. Money good. Um, but I want to shout out my uh, wonderful boyfriend, Theo, uh-huh. who threw a absolute star standout and basically didn't spend any money on this, which is great. Mm-hmm. They made basically a indoor picnic for us. With... Oh, you sent me a photo of this. I did. It, I was subtle. I was sending it to a few people because I was like, oh my God, I'm bragging. Look at my amazing it was partner. very, very romantic. It was like, yeah. the, you know, the usual kind of candles and soft lighting and that kind had of like thing. had like a like a rug that was very fuzzy on the floor. Yeah, but it was very like comfy where wasn't it like there was like 1v1 magic was set up. Yep. <laughs> there was like a board game as well. There was Lego. Star Wars Lego was also Star Wars a feature. Lego was there. And then it was like, you guys watched a movie of your choice, I Which think, was well. uh, Solo, the Star oh, Wars story. Sick, yeah. Yep. Uh, there was a massive charcuterie board. We drank strawberry mead, which was Ooh. delicious. I never had strawberry mead before. Very fancy. Very sweet. My God, oh, it tasted gosh. like... I mean, like it was delicious, yeah, but it yeah. was like one of those things where... You drink little bits at a time just to like, yeah. ooh, a little sweet treat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Valentine's Day was really fun. I usually don't do much for Valentine's Day, but Theo yep. decided to do something. But also on Valentine's Day, a uh-huh. little sub planes walk. Yeah. I want to shout out some more music, which we usually do oh, okay. in um, our planes walk. Sure. And it's actually of a band that I'm currently, as you are listening to this episode, on tour with. Yeah. So this is Terra Rouge. Um, again, I think I might link her in the description for this one yeah, so do you can it. check her out. Um, but they yesterday on Valentine's Day released their first debut album called So Fucking Over It um, <laughs> and the artwork for the album I'm just showing Walt here is really cool it's like this red kind of oh wow that's sick like sexy style yep. artwork it's it's awesome um, but yeah the album is very much about uh, being a female rocker and hating men and stuff like that so Valentine's Day naturally is the perfect day to <laughs> the release perfect it perfect day to release so, I love that reclaim Valentine's Day yeah. for the single people <laughs> it was actually really good marketing that's cool. she hit the nail on the head but um, yeah, she released it on Valentine's Day. Theo Love and it. I were rocking out when we were um, cool. chilling at uh, our little cuddle pad that we nice. had set up. But um, yeah, tickets are on sale now. Go check her out. Uh, and James will be there. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll probably be maybe at the merch table flogging some of her merch. Cool. Um, it's going to be a really fun tour. We're going all the way up to Brisbane and all the way back and then to Adelaide as well. So Sweet. Yeah. Hence the reason why we're recording this episode <laughs> in advance. <laughs> Nice. Well, that's all we have time for, so we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Goodbye, Commander players.